into the contest. It's Tuesday, the 16th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane Lee. Shane, you have become addicted to Yellowstone. This, <laughs> this mighty show on stand. I have, mate. I've been watching it. It's, uh, it's a fantastic show, actually. It's... Um it reminds me a bit of Lassie, but but violent. Mm. <laughs> it's um, no, it's <laughs> Lassie, <laughs> but violent. <laughs> Lassie, come on! It's, oh. but it's, it's got some great scenery, and um, yeah, it's a really really good show. I'm enjoying that one at the moment, Timmy. Yeah, what about the daughter? Quite amazing. Quite, quite <laughs> yes. amazing. Okay, there's a lot going on today. Roger Federer. Have we seen the last of Roger Federer in Australia? The Australian cricketers, of course, continue to let their hair down after winning the World Cup, and the billionaires are walking into rugby league. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. So, Shane, Roger Federer, have, have we seen the last of the Swiss master? I really hope not, Timmy, but I dare say we may have, mate. Uh, Roger's now 40, and he's recovering from this knee injury a lot slower than, than he has in the past, mate. As you get older, as we all know, Tim, um, the body doesn't recover as fast. But, yeah, he's a 20-time Grand Slam champion, and I think we may have seen the last of him in the Australian Open. Look, depending on what he does this year, he'd probably take the whole year off, I'd say, close to and maybe even try and come back to the Australian Open 2023. So, yeah, that's a long way off. But the only certainty now out of the big three is um, with the Joker under a vaccine cloud mm. is, is Nadal. So, um, yeah, it's wide open, this uh, Australian Open this year. Don't you and Roger share a birthday? We do, mate, the 8th of August. So um, that's about all we share, mate. We, sh- we certainly don't share his backhand. Yeah, but you've got quite a lethal serve. I... Um but but I've said it before here. It's time. Um, look, we can all get sentimental and, mm. and, and say, oh, yeah, fantastic. Oh, we're going to see him again. But to be honest, uh, look, he's been playing longer than 99.999% of yeah. tennis players in history. He has, mate. And he's um, he's always said he's been very blessed because he's quite light, light on his feet, and he doesn't mm. put a lot of stress on his joints. So maybe it's his body finally telling him, um, give it a rest. And look, he can walk away with his head held very, very high. Now, you're a tennis player. Last time I played tennis, my Prince racket, I whacked myself in the head. So that's about as coordinated as, <laughs> as I ever got on a tennis court. But I just don't know how he doesn't lose it more. Uh, I, you know, he's just the most phenomenally cool human I think I've ever seen in, in sport and in, in sporting history. And he never was, Timmy. Uh, coming through the juniors, the junior Wimbledon, that sort of stuff, he was a very, very yeah. fiery and he had to learn to control his temper. And he's done that brilliantly, but uh, no, he's there is some fire in the belly there, but um, he's learned to manage that and make the most of it. Yeah, unlike guys like John McEnroe and Ely Nastasi <laughs> in the past, who who'd lose it over their tea being too hot. Um, now uh, the the Australian cricketers, as you mentioned, they'd be singing that 
team song still. They'll probably be singing it in their sleep after the World Cup victory, and they've let their hair down. And so should, and so they should, mate. Uh, it's fantastic to see the boys in the change room and, and getting around each other. The one thing I did notice, Timmy, is that there was uh, 14 Australian cricketers in that photo, and there were 12 Australian staff. Um, they go with a big staff these days, but um, they'll all be celebrating a fantastic win. First time we've ever won the World Cup. And it was really funny to watch um, Paul Kane Williamson, who was doing the post-match interview, the New Zealand captain, in the bowels of the uh, Dubai Stadium. And he's trying to answer questions on why they lost the World Cup. And you could hear the Aussies in the change room next door cheering and celebrating and, and throwing beers and champagne over each other. So it was a really, really tough one for him. He looks. He look. He's a great cricketer, fantastic cricketer. Kane Williamson, one of the best in the world. But he looks like he's aging. It looks like these losses in these big games is making him older. Yeah, and he, they rely a lot on him. Um, he steadies the ship, and they all wear a, a hat over there in New Zealand when he when he comes out to bat. And he, he is a fantastic batsman. And he scored eighty five off thirty eight balls in that final. Don't forget that. And he's not really a t twenty player. Um, yeah, fantastic cricketer and a very good leader. But yes, he is aging, Timmy. He is aging, of course. And um, now, look, they almost got it wrong, didn't they, the Australians? Well, they got it wrong, but no one punished them for it when they ran out onto the field before the game was over. Yeah, they were very, very excited. I think Stoinis and um, Zampa both sprinting out before the ball even crossed the boundary. Um, yeah, I think the boys were just a little bit too excited there. But, uh, yeah, you'd be you're a brave man to penalise that one. Would you put Mitchell Marsh in the test team? No, I wouldn't, mate. I think, um, I think George Bailey uh, made some really good comments this week in the paper saying, look, form is a big thing, but T20 to Test cricket, they're two different games. And, and I really do agree with him on that one. And I think um, the guys have been playing the red ball version uh, and been getting the big runs in shield cricket. Uh, they're the ones you want to be looking at for uh, particularly a number five spot, which he might be potentially vying for. So what is your top six for the Australian cricket team? Do You, you don't put Usman in. Look, I'd go Warner, Usman, uh, Smith, Labuschagne, Head and Green. That's that's the way that I would personally go. And a few people are sort of shaking up their their predictions on, on a few of the WhatsApps I'm on. Yeah, well, that's exactly the top six that I would have too, Timmy. And um, hmm. but they've already already announced Harris as opening the batting. So that means that the number five spot you'd have to give to um, to Usman, hmm. I reckon, and, and Head would miss out. So. Um, I've got Usman in my team. Yeah. What about in rugby league? We saw Russell Crowe come in at South Sydney and, of course, spend all the money. And there's lots of other clubs that have people that are, are very, very wealthy involved in the NRL now. We've got a $37 billion tech giant joining uh, Rusty at the Rabbits. Well, the Rabbits can, can find a, a, an investor, that's for sure. Um, yeah, you mentioned Mike Cannon-Brooks, uh, $37 billion in his bank account. He takes on 25% shareholding at the um, the Rabbitohs. Um, that leaves uh, Packer with 25%, Russell Crowe now with 25%, and the members own 25%. But um, yeah, Cannon-Brooks was uh, the first Australian ever to take a minority shareholding in um, in an NBA team in the Utah Jazz. So um, he likes his sporting codes. And, um, yeah, that brings a very, very powerful uh, bunch of investors there to the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and what about uh, more politics for ex-sports people? We saw um, the discussion yesterday in and around um, one of our high-profile sports people going into politics. Now John Sutton, uh, the former South Sydney player, is saying that, he may go in, or he's, he's trying to do an independent 
ticket with another guy for Randwick Council. Johnny's one of your Lebanese cousins, isn't he, Timmy? No, no, no. no. He's, he's, no I think he's. I think his is more Pacific um, heritage, John oh, okay. Sutton. But um, more, more than happy to have him as a Lebanese cousin. <laughs> but um, he's well, one of my Australian cousins. I do know John well. He's, uh, his kids are at the same school that my kids are at there for a while. Yeah, well, he's definitely he's, he's looking to um, put his toe in the water by going into local local politics, mate, and running for um, uh, I think the Randwick Council. So you might be a property investor on the side as well. I don't know. But uh, it's, it's going to be a, a tough gig going from um, football to politics. I think we spoke about that yesterday. But uh, yeah. let's, let's see how it goes. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Dylan Alcott, of course, uh, yes. sort of uh, putting it out there that he might go into politics. Well, we, do, we need good people. We need good, upbeat, positive people. Now, Carmichael Hunt, uh, he's had more starts than uh, Burnborough. He's had, <laughs> uh, he's, he's had more clubs than Jack Nicholas, And now he looks like he's going to get a new gig Well, as a coach. Yeah, he's coaching um, uh, a team in Queensland. Uh, he'll start there. But, look, he's, he's been a fantastic sportsman. He's, he's played three different mm. codes, rugby league, rugby union, and AFL. Um, and uh, I remember it was a famous uh, famous sign when he went from rugby league from the Brisbane Broncos to um, the Brisbane Lions, and the sign in the crowd said, only soft hunts play AFL. Yeah, there were a couple of uh, bomb bombs with pronunciation of his names, of his name rather. Yeah, yeah uh, it can go awfully wrong. Um, AFL Billy Brownless, he's he's always been a really talented guy. Uh, he was a very good football player, but he was on telly for twenty seven years, part of that Footy Show franchise, and uh, he's going uh, on the radio with Jimmy Brayshaw. Yeah, you can't keep him quiet, can you? Oh, uh, um, Billy Brownless, but yeah, he goes on with James Brayshaw. They take over from Mick Malloy in the drive time slot. Um, which is the perfect media um, media gig, I think. Uh, working in the afternoon for a few hours, talking talking on radio, mate. It's a, it's a fantastic gig. Yeah, James Brush. Well, you would have played against James, wouldn't you? Yeah, many times. Good bloke too, James, and um, loves his obviously loves his AFL. And uh, yeah, he was um, originally born in Western Australia, I think, and then played most of his career for South Australia in the Sheffield Shield. And I think he won a couple of premierships down there too. So um, yeah, very good cricketer. Yeah, you're a good guy. I work with him a lot myself, James Brayshaw. And, um, yeah, so we wish them well on the radio on Triple M. Uh, and that's, of course, in Melbourne. Billy Brownless and James Brayshaw, they have a great link together because of all their time on the telly together. Now, what about this Australian golfer that's um, <laughs> got a Lamborghini lease? Now, she was, she was only lending mum and dad's car. Uh, she's got a lease on a Lamborghini, which... My son informs me it's worth over a million dollars, some of these vehicles. Yeah, huge. Um, Sue, she got a, a hole-in-one. Um, and I thought they should win the Lamborghini if you get a hole-in-one. It's not, not easy to do. But, yeah, she gets a two-year lease. But the funny part of the story is that she doesn't even have her own car um, and she borrows her parents' a VW. So I think she may just be probably be getting a free VW post all this press um, when she gets back to Australia. Good on her. Yeah, well, that's it. Any publicity yep. is good publicity. I suppose, where do you throw the clubs? They're, they're beautiful motor vehicles, the Lambos. I mean, not that I, I would, dare I say it with respect, either of us would get in one. But um, where, would you, where would you put the clubs, the sticks? Mate, if you're driving around a Lamborghini, I don't think you need gold clubs, do you? <laughs> you, could have, you'd have, you'd have a trailer on the back, a Lambo trailer, specifically made for golf clubs. Yeah, so um, well done to Sue Oh, a Lamborghini for two years for a hole-in-one. Uh, that's, that's not too bad at all. And look, we've seen Australia go down to Scotland in a pretty shabby manner and then got beaten by England. But the... the 
the positive to come out of both those losses is the fact that we were close and it was really only those uh, mistakes inside both of those games that saw us get defeated. But in the main, the last 12 months has been pretty good and four of them have been nominated for World Rugby Awards, four of the players. They have, mate. Uh, Michael Hooper, of course, um, the captain, and he's been a very, very solid player on mm. the paddock for many years for the Brilliant. Wallabies. Krevi as well, um, Andrew Kellaway, uh, and Dave Ranney, the coach. So I don't know if he's Australian, but he's the Australian coach. No, he's not. He's a, New, he's a New Zealander, I know that. But, um, yeah, so those four have been nominated for the um, the World Rugby Awards. So, um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of uh, – or a few green shoots, as you would say, Timmy, coming from the Wallabies. Yeah, I, I always copy that off Gladys. We've got green shoots yep. coming along. She <laughs> hasn't had many green shoots recently, poor old Gladys. But, um, all right, uh, let's talk about uh, your story for today. And, and you came through and captained an era and were part of an amazing New South Wales squad – that uh, took home the Sheffield Shield. When the Sheffield Shield, dare I say, it meant a bit more than maybe what it means today, and the mm. only reason why it's watered down is because it gets pushed and prodded and moved to sort of cater for other forms of the game. But um, the celebrations went long and hard, and you m- were missing a player one time. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, it was 1993-94. We won a, mm. a Sheffield Shield match early on day five against Tasmania. Um, and the celebrations sort of started uh, well into the change rooms and then down down in, into the city. Um, back then, mobile phones weren't that relevant. Um, so uh, one of our good teammates, Brad McNamara, who we, you know you've worked with him, Timmy. Um, yeah. He, we sort of lost him late into the evening, and I think he disappeared. <laughs> with, he might he may have met some lovely girl, and um, a day and a half later, no one had heard from Buzzard, and we we're starting to get worried. And back then we were given cab charges just to use and Buzzard would collect them um, for these sort of uh, situations. He woke up um, in the army barracks up in the Blue Mountains <laughs> <laughs> with some girl. And, Ooh, um, yes. and yes, and he found uh, there was a cab charge next to him that um, he'd signed Don Bradman for about 130 bucks <laughs> for against Cricket New South Wales. Anyway, so he lost his wallet, so he, he had to make his way back via bus and train. And um, yes, and he came back. Luckily, we found him alive, and he was he was there to tell the story, Timmy. Oh, amazing story! Yeah, <laughs> there, there were there were mobiles around at the time because I remember that ninety three ninety four. I was working as the scorer reporter on the great summer of cricket, and I was the, remember the big bricks. They were the big bricks, <laughs> yeah. and yep. I put on like thirty kilos over that whole summer traveling around Australia. <laughs> but we came back to the radio station. Uh, at night, and we'd lost our phones. So you know how they had psychics on on a Sunday night. Yeah. Who would sort of re- so so Andrew Moore, who now of course does a great job with the ABC. Him and I thought, oh, we'll go and ask the psychic. I don't know. Let's call <laughs> let's call her Esmeralda for for yeah. the case of this the story. We said Esmeralda, we've lost our mobile phone. We've been in Melbourne. Um, can you sort of sort of hit your higher powers and see if you can sort of trace it for us? So she said, yeah, okay, let's be quiet. Let's be quiet. Let's sit there, and she sort of went out with her hands out and she's sort of there for a minute or two and she goes, you've left it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainehaircare.com. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.